Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. Yeah, we're back at it again. Uh, we'll get the business out of the way real quick. If you're listening to this on your podcast network of choice, uh, don't forget to leave us a review. That's how we know you exist and are listening. We're looking for a list- good listener number 10. Um, and if, <laughs> if you don't get that joke, then you're probably listener number 10. Welcome. Um, and uh, <laughs> Or you just randomly found us, and this is the first time, in which case... Uh, good luck. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, which these are also available on YouTube, so you can see our um, faces uh, during. <laughs> yeah, make it weird, right? Yeah. Um, whatever. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and um, you know, do all, all that the other, other good stuff. Do all of the other sundry stuff that we ask you to do with the bopping it and the twisting it and, the, and all, the, all that other nonsense. Uh, so let's just kind of uh, get right into yeah. it. Uh, it's almost Ostara. Can so, you believe it? So this idea, oh my God, this, this year has gone by so fast already. We are already oof. almost halfway through oof. March. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Oof but indeed. also, that means the time of my birthday approaches, and I'm quite excited about that. I mean, I'm pretty excited for spring uh, to get all of the work I have to get done done <laughs> because I have like a bunch of landscaping work and construction work and engineering work and like just a bunch of stuff to do and I can do none of it in the absolute pouring rain that uh, uh, Northern California has been um, bringing since of late the last like three months yeah easily. since like since yeah. like before Yule dog yeah. Um, it has been a bit of a thing. But, but uh, at the same time, it means we're probably not going to be in a drought this year. So we are uh, happy. About so that's that. good. Yeah. 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 We definitely need the rain, but just like a chiller form. Do do be do chill. Yeah. About it. Uh, Let's rain. stop with, um, you know, hey, unprecedented hey, rain. levels. Do peace. Yeah. Do peace, <laughs> rain. Um, but uh, yeah. So. Uh, it's almost Ostara, so this is Ostara 103. Yeah. So Ostara is the uh, pagan Sabbath that is about, well, Easter and spring. Mm. Um, Ostara. Well, kind of. Yeah. Ostara. Yeah. Um, it's sort of named for a, um, a German goddess of spring and rebirth, Eoster. Yeah. Or Eostre. I'm not entirely sure. Eoster. Yeah, Aoster. Um, and Ostara is held on Olestra? No. Olestra, uh, that's a different thing entirely. It is. Yeah. Um, so Ostara e- is East, held. Eostara sounds like the rabbit that lays eggs in the He Man universe. Does it? Yeah, is East, there a rabbit? That... No, there's not. But oh it sounds gosh. like it, right? I thought there was like a. Oh He-Man. my god! How have you never seen all of He Man? Every single I episode, one hundred percent of the. That's why I was like, "Is there something I forgot?" No, 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 no. It's just like you know, Chitara, Eastara, Ostara. It all sounds very. See, you said Eastara, and I went to Ishtar, so we went in totally different ways. No, different thing. Yeah, different thing entirely. Anywho, so when is Ostara? Now. No. Two nows from now? Close enough. So Ostara is- <laughs> I don't know how any of this stuff works, dude. Most of the time, I don't even know what date. Listen, let me tell you a super double secret about being self-employed and working from home. Um, I don't know when it is ever. Yesterday, I was trying to take a knot out of, well, I was trying to take 4,000 knots 
out of um a single yarn that for the sh- our Etsy shop and uh I looked up and it was four o'clock in the morning. But also <laughs> already. But also part of that was because of the time change. <laughs> I mean yeah, so an hour of that was part of the time change. Still unacceptable. I I feel like it took me four hours to undo all those knots. Uh, real upsetting waste of time, but it's beautiful yarn. So w- worth it. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. So um, now we're going <laughs> to jump right into it. Or not. <laughs> or not. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so like... <laughs> Ostara 103 flower magic. Uh, take some flowers, do some magic. End of episode. Do, 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 do. Every time I try to say this first line, I'm just it's it's never going to happen. Go to number two. Uh, the spring equinox is the time when Ostara happens, which is also known as the vernal equinox. Um, it is the beginning of astronomical spring and equinox just means like equal day and night. So uh, we are coming up on the time where day and night are equal. And then very shortly, day will start to outpace night all the way until the fall equinox in September. Uh, September. Um, And that's, of course, in the northern hemisphere. In the southern hemisphere, um, Ostara is uh, in September and um, they are coming up to the um, fall equinox now, which would be Mabone season in southern hemisphere. If we have anybody listening to us there, I guess. Upside down. They're upside down. They are upside down. Everybody knows about that. Yeah. Um, so this is the second spring festival of the pagan Sabbath wheel. The first one being in bulk and the third one being my favorite Beltane. Well, my it's hard to say that that's my favorite because that's my birthday. Because I'm like, festival my birthday is festival? almost Beltane. But then there's also Samhain, which is like Halloween. And it's really hard for me to choose which one I love. I mean, love. Beltane's fun, but it, it pretty rapidly is... Um concerning uh yeah things get a little out of hand for us things, during get, things get a bit cray town during the beltane we have had many uh, absurd beltane gathering yeah yeah over the years yeah so that's a fun one that's yeah. a fun one it's no it's 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 no Samhain Samhain's the fire right there yeah yeah so when spring comes the world is like Sprungs. waking up from winter when spring sprung and seeing that life is returning. Um, and it's like a joyous moment in most cultures throughout the world. And, um, in, in the world, <laughs> I don't know where I was starting with that, but, um, cultures throughout the world, uh, have been celebrating the spring equinox, um, for literally thousands of years, uh, with the oldest recorded celebration being like 4,700 years ago. So that's like, a long time. It's like 15 days. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 15 days. It's so a very long days. time. The most number of days. Yeah. Um, festivals for the spring equinox, wherever you are in the world, are generally associated with beginnings and um, oftentimes eggs and rabbits. They are kind of everywhere um, and flowers as well as rebirth. Um, well, which makes sense because like if you have chickens, now's the time that they're starting to lay heavy again. And if you live in a place that has flowers, Now's the time that they're starting to bloom and such. And if you have and if you have rabbits, livestock or any sort of livestock, yeah. but it's especially like um, uh, virulent proliferators like rabbits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then like now is the time for such proliferation. Yeah. And, and whatnot. Exactly. So, I mean, you kind of see where like the telephone game of like, broken people not connected to their food stuff has been like Easter is about rabbits that put eggs down. And you're like, yeah, gold. 
very specifically, they like chocolate eggs. Yeah, they like Important yeah rabbits. Food. Rabbits like chocolate eggs. Yeah. Uh, note to everybody: don't eat chocolate rabbit eggs. Yeah, don't eat anything. You buy them from the store. Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't. You don't find them in nature. Yeah. 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 You know what we don't have, or at least I haven't seen anymore. This is just like a question out there. Leave a comment below about this if this is something that both you remember and if you see it nowadays. But I remember as a kid, there was always the Easter bunny form of Santa Claus. Yeah. During Easter time. Yeah. And um, it was always the most nightmarish shit humanly possible. Every single Easter bunny costume from my childhood was just like some fucking vague fluffy Donnie Darko levels of nightmare stuff. I mean, in fact, yeah. I have I have like buried on my hard drive somewhere an old family photo of like me and my brother and my sister as like very young kids. Oh no. Just ju all of us were in various stages mm -mm. of fuck this entire place. No, we did not we did not wear Easter costumes. No, 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 no. We visited a bunny. Oh, and that bunnies! I don't was know that pure they, nightmares. But I don't know if they do I don't that. Know no that more. they really did that when I was a kid. At least we didn't go to it. I've I, never, I, don't, I don't know if they do that yeah. no more. I don't know if that was like just like a like my town or whatever kind of a thing. Like I don't think that like it was just my town. Like I imagine this is like a common thing or whatever. Probably. But like I feel like the only I feel like the only holiday mascot we get nowadays is uh, Santa Claus. I mean. We do. No, I'm pretty sure Uncle that you Sam can still the see the like Easter Bunny at the mall. Can you go still yeah. see the Easter Bunny at the mall? Yeah, huh. I think so. It's yeah. been a very long time since I've been to the I don't mall. Know. They are awful. The most so. horrifying Easter Bunny costume that I can think of is the Easter Bunny from uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure when they go to hell and Bill has that nightmare and the Easter Bunny is there. Know, that's... It's kind of funny. pretty horrifying. It's pretty bad, but it's kind it's of funny. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, that one stays with me. Forever. <laughs> so aside from Easter bunnies, um, like it's also a pretty common practice, um, especially in Eastern Europe. But this kind of happens in spattering places throughout the world um, where people welcome spring by killing winter, um, either by burning or drowning effigies of winter or deities um, that uh, are like effigies of deities that personify winter. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't yeah, gotta yeah. like go into the woods and like hunt a deity at the top of a mountain. No, please don't hold do him, that. Hold them under until the last um, bubble goes blip or something like that. No, no, we're not gonna do that. Uh, I've seen Princess Mononoke. I know how how that ends. Yeah, uh, we're not doing that. Don't either. do that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we talk about that. Um. In um. In Ostara 102, and also a little bit, I think, in uh, Ostara 101. Ostara 101 is more of a general focusing like on overview. like an overview. Yeah. We talk about the goddess Eostra. We talk about eggs. We talk about rabbits. 102, we talk about rebirth traditions. And um, you can find both of those. I don't have the episode numbers, but... They exist. Yeah. Um, so you can check those out if you'd like some more information, because here we're really kind of going into a deep dive about something a bit more specific about Ostara. Um, and before we get there, um, I, I just want to mention like Ostara and Easter have like kind of really no connection in terms of dates uh, because every once in a while um, somebody asks like, Hey, um, why is Ostara in March and Easter is like in April or whatever, or whenever Easter happens to be. And that's because Easter is based on a specific set of dates that they calculate. Whereas Ostara is a set like moment in time. It's well, always Ost on Ost the equinox. Ostara is 
always on the equinox and Easter is Easter's one of those holidays that like, you know, it's it's like the first full it's like the first Sunday in the full weekend in April or, it's, you know, it's it's one of those yeah. like, you know, how we have like weird holidays that have like weird, insane rules yeah. for how to choose the date. Like sometimes it's the fifth and sometimes it's the ninth and sometimes it's whatever the fuck. Like yeah. it's one of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like yeah. like how Labor Day is like one of those holidays that like is on like a, it's like the it's, it's Labor Day is the Monday following the first full weekend in September, yes. except for the times when it's the Monday following not a full weekend in September. But we don't talk about those times. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like that. So those yeah. are different. Some people actually choose to celebrate Ostara on Easter mm. um, and some people choose to celebrate it on the equinox, but um, we're, we're season people so yeah. celebrate it during the season. Yeah, um, you don't need to be, you don't need to be like, it's gotta be on this date or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, you can celebrate it. Whatever makes the most amount of sense to you. Uh, like our, um, what came before this in bulk? Yes. Yeah. Our in bulk um, was like, way later than in bulk because we had to wait for seeds to show up to, to do the planting. And also we hadn't you know? done like our family Yule, like Yule slash oh Christmas God, slash yeah, Hanukkah yeah, Our family Yule celebration. was like mad late so. and like, we still had like, 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 I think on actual in bulk, all we did was like, like, uh, uh, just like cook a meal. Right. Yeah. And then like and then we had to wait to do all the rest of the stuff that we were planning on doing because we had to wait for like seeds and such. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, you don't have to do it like on the day of. And especially if it's like, oh, it's this this uh, uh, Sabbath. I always forget that word. This Sabbath's like on a Tuesday. Well, like if you work, man, just do that shit on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, honestly, I'm that way about like my birthday. It's like, ah, what is this on like a weekday? Eh, whatever, just push it to Saturday or whatever. No, I'm going to celebrate both ah, for the birthday. I'm not, I'm not that. It ain't nothing that important. Mm, no, I don't work on my birthday ever. Um, yeah. No, that's just not how I roll. Yeah, I've, I 100% have worked <laughs> on my birthday for many years. I, it doesn't matter to me. Nope. It's nope. just, it's an arbitrary date, in my opinion. It is my own personal new year. Yeah, I mean, that is technically accurate. Yeah, so I celebrate it as a new year. Um, so speaking of new year, um, this is kind of the time of year that we're starting to see new. new flowers pop up as the palpable signs that winter's icy grip is loosening and life is coming back to the land. People have been assigning meanings, healing, and magical properties to flowers for literally thousands of years, yeah. basically longer than we have record. Um, we believe yeah. that people have been doing stuff like that. And well, yeah, some flowers smell good. Some flowers you can eat. Some flowers look like the shit that they heal inside of you. Like it, flowers. Some flowers mad, kill you. Mad powerful. Yeah, some, some flowers are poisonous. Flowers some flowers produce smell a bunch weird. of fucking seeds and yeah. you just eat those or whatever the heck, you know? Yeah. And that makes no better time than now to talk about flower magic, yeah. even though flowers are generally a bit more associated with Beltane than Ostara. But by the time Beltane rolls around, you'll probably be missing some of the cool flowers that yeah. you can work with. Yeah. Well, and if you're in California, um, prepare, prepare your body for a super bloom is what I've heard it being called because yeah. of all this rain and storms that we've been getting out here there. Um, and like the freeze, because we had like a bunch more snow and like really, really cold temperatures. So we had like snow down to like below a thousand feet yeah. at a lot of places and such like that, that they're saying that this year is going to be a super bloom because it requires a deep freeze to like kill off the competition. 
So that way wildflowers can like take over and there's already like evidence or whatever, like signs or whatever that like the wildflower blooms this spring are going to be like mad bananas. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're definitely going to yeah, be checking like, out be something pre- be about Be prepared that. for that. Uh, we'll probably have to do like, we'll probably do like a hike to like a oh, nice yeah, wildflower place and do like a vlog or something on the YouTube channel. Yeah, totally. So yeah. Stay, stay tuned for that. I mean, we live in the Redwoods, so like we're not. The trees are always alive. Yeah, we live in <laughs> yeah. a forest of winter has mostly. winter doesn't have much of a grip here, but um, yeah, but still, it's going to be wildflower central. Absolutely, uh, in the like foothills and such. Yeah, in tight. the area that we live in, we can definitely find a bunch of wildflowers. So yeah. in this episode, we're going to talk about floriography. Yeah. Uh, and that is essentially a way to communicate with flowers, either by themselves or in, a, in an arrangement. That sure. is where the flowers are doing the talking for you. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, floriography has been around for quite a while, but it really um, its interest really exploded in the Victorian times. Sure. And people often exchange small bouquets called talking bouquets or nosegays or posies. Yes, I know that's a flower. It's also a bouquet in this um, or tussie mussies. Uh, a nosegay. I, these names are tussie. Insane. A tussie mussie sounds inappropriate. Like demonetize tussie. Mussie. Yeah. I don't. That sounds. That sounds. Yeah. We get demonetized for that. Bro. It is. Um. So a nosegay is an ornament that appeals to the nose. It makes your nose happy. A nosegay. Yeah. Um. And these. I've these never little, heard that term before. Really? I'm super here oh, for yeah, that. Oh yeah, I definitely have. Yeah. Um. But I definitely did not really know what it meant <laughs> until I was doing research for this. So there were these bouquets, whatever you want to call them, were usually really, really small, so small that they could easily be carried or worked into a fashion accessory. Like a corsage. Yes, like a corsage. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in fact, um, you can they think were Victorians for your like weird panic attacks about making sure that the flowers match a dress that you've never seen uh, and maybe actually, only had a photo sent to you. That's not the Victorians that would make you freak out like that. Yeah. Um, it Actually, these kind of bouquets became popular in the medieval times, but were like mm. everywhere during the Victorian times. And in medieval times, these uh, tussie mussies were, it's so weird, I have to say it, no. were usually worn either on the head or on your bodice um, if you were a lady. Sure, sure. Um, sure, sure. And there is some evidence of men wearing them, but largely it was kind of ladies wearing them. But that's not always the case, Um, especially when you have to deal with like rank and station and class and also differences between where people lived and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, So in the Victorian era, I I imagine dudes only wore it when they were like like particular dandies or, you know, whatever those guys that were just like, well, like fashionable dandies were probably all about those tussie mussies. Actually, but I'm not necessarily. (laughs) Um, It really sort of depends. And we'll find out. Sometimes you got to tuss that muss, bro. I regret everything. Yeah, you, you should. <laughs> Tussie Mussy is knowledge I did not need to know. And now that I have, I'm going to use with malicious aforethought. I hope you use it all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> go to a florist and be like, excuse me, ma'am, I would like to order a Tussie Mussy. And she's like, get out of this place right now, sir. I mean, they might just be like, yes, what kind would you like, sir? Oh, Stone face. yeah, right. They're probably used to it. Yeah, because if I was if I was somebody who worked in that industry, I would like prepare my body for that. Oh, for like, like absurd conversations. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, like certainly, when I certainly. worked in the, when I worked in the bank branch, people would come in and be like, you got any free samples? And you had like a you had an answer for that. Yeah. Like you prepared your body because you knew that, that was going to happen at least once a day. 
Yeah. You just lean over and you just go like, yeah, it's seven, seven o'clock tonight. And then you lean back and then you just pretend you didn't say that shit. No, I tell him because we're closed at like six or what? No, I would. Tell I don't him, know what time banks close at. Honestly, I would tell him that we <laughs> give out free bank. samples on Sundays. Oh yeah, because they're always closed. Because they're Sundays. closed Sundays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, nice, nice. Um, so unless somebody was being a jerk, and then I would just like stone face, yeah. be like, no. You like samples of money or samples of accounts? Because I can open some new accounts for you right now. <laughs> yeah. I didn't work for. We want fourteen. Savings accounts. We'll open all these right now. Three no, of them no, have already I been opened during this conversation. Did not work for that institution. <laughs> so anyways, um, because there is such an air of needing to be proper in society sure. during Victorian times, sure. floriography flourished because it meant that people could send each other bouquets of flowers um, or even single flowers saying messages that they wouldn't dare say or write yeah. in popular yeah. uh, in what, proper what did society. We, what did we watch just recently where they were doing something similar to that? Uh, oh, they were communicating with fans. Yes. It's like, the, like oh, she's doing this. That was Enola Holmes. This, this lady over here yeah. doing one of these and one of these. I don't know about her. You know, or fucking whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Yeah. Now, the first list of flowers and their meanings was published in French in 1809. Yeah. And um, in 1836, an English version was published by a different author. So not like they translated it, but like they translated it and also added their own zhuzh. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're different cultures. Adapted, really, is it. Um, So it's likely that the original author got her inspiration during the late 1600s from the court of Constantinople. 200 year old author? Yeah. Uh, I'm a little unclear about this, but that's what the author learned about this in 1600s. So, uh. Yeah. So I'm a little unclear about that. Was she there? Did she study it? Who wrote this first book? Who's this French lady? Is she a vampire? I mean, she had a name, um, but I don't remember it and I didn't write it down. So it's fine. Uh, But anyway, so she it's it's likely that she got her inspiration from the Ottoman. Yeah, right. "Ah, Well, if you think about it, that is one of the places that like Vlad Darkul is supposed to. It's that. um, Oh, my God. What is that? Uh, There's that whole uh, movie about it where the guy in, wears in, that absurd in Rick and red Mor- outfit. In Rick and Morty, when the gym teachers like, uh, like, like, uh, teacher, like Mr. Ferratu. Yeah. And the vampire's just like, you gotta come up with less conspicuous names. No, I was thinking about the vampire, the Dracula movie, where he's got that absurd red armor. Because a bunch of that takes place in the Ottoman Empire. Um, is. I don't remember is that, what it is. That, is that the one with uh, Keanu Reeves? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, he has no. red armor in that one. It is not that one. Doesn't he? Oh, You're, I'm, it's a newer one. Oh. Where they're like in the cave. It's a it's a vampire movie where every time we watch it, we're like, this is going to be good. And then we watch it and we're like, oh my gosh, this oh movie is awful. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, where he has the bat fist. Yes. Where he like punches the ground and then like a fist of bats emerges from the sky to like murder all the Ottomans or whatever the fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is a terrible movie. Yeah, it is based on some interesting um, historical bits. I don't either. It's like Dracula Untold. That's what it's called. Yeah, bam. Um, and go watch it, that movie. It's it's funny, but not. <laughs> you're not welcome. Yeah, you're not welcome. You're not welcome. Um, but there, I I know that that is based on some sort of historical stuff, but I like yeah. I don't remember all the details. And maybe this is it. Maybe that's yeah, the thing. The pitch meeting is what um, if we did 300, but with Dracula, and nobody questioned that, which was the <laughs> mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it had so much potential. Anyway, so in the Ottoman Empire in the late 1600s, fluorography was kind of starting to boom. And um, the French sort of were like, hey, we like this. Let's take it. So um, 
these flowers. So the interesting thing about floriography is the flower meanings behind them are very much like how we see magical correspondences. Not necessarily that they are the same things, but you see that things are pulled in from a variety of different places to oh, get these sure. correspondences. Yeah, 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 yeah. A thing that we've talked Herbalism about Herbalism and like cultural, like culturally normalized attachments to things, you know? Exactly. Like, like conceptually, like, um, like in a place where like the royal family is known for like white roses, a white rose would have more s- symbolic like importance for like like class than in a place where like the royal family is like all about tulips. Yeah, right. Exactly. And you're just like, look at all these white roses. They're so cheap right now because like tulips are mad expensive or fucking whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know? So yeah, totally. Yeah, um, and so some of these meetings are inspired by like magical tradition. So for instance, Juniper um, means asylum or protection. But for magical correspondences, we usually look at one of Juniper's properties being banishing evil and protecting. Yeah. So you can see that those kind of match sometimes with healing. For instance, um, if you in floriography send somebody a mushroom, it means suspicion. Um, and many mushrooms are poisonous, so you need to be suspicious it of them. It means suspicion. Yes. Is insane. Yes. Yeah. Um, also- Ask the anime what mushrooms mean. It ain't suspicion. It's not, I'll tell no. you that right now. Uh, also, pop culture at the time in, like, the Victorian era. Um, so, like, a, if you sent a pineapple, I know it's a fruit, not a flower. I didn't make this stuff up, guys. Um, pineapple means you are perfect. In my mind, somebody <laughs> just, like, pins a pineapple- like a whole pineapple. Yeah, well, like you gotta think pineapple. in the old days before we started messing around with the oh, genetics they were probably and much smaller, Pineapple was probably like some cute little thing. Well, don't they make? Don't they make tiny like bouquet pineapples? I don't. Isn't know. I think there's some form of dwarf, like maybe like bouquet. But did pineapple. they then? Good question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, so pineapple meant you are perfect, but also like in real life, pineapples were really hard to get back then. So you'd really have to be perfect for somebody to like gift you a pineapple. Sure. Yeah. Like that's a, that's like a big, a big moment there. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, pineapple means if the house is a rockin', yeah, you can come a knockin'. It's fine. It's all, it's all good. I I mean, there's some other things that pineapple means, but we're not going (laughs) to talk about those here. Um, Also uh, plant behavior. So for instance, if you were to send a, uh, a plum branch, like a branch from a plum tree, yeah. um, it would mean keep your promises. And plums are notoriously fickle about producing fruit and are often bred to produce flowers only. So if it's, for, for instance, a variety that produces only flowers and no fruit, yeah. that's kind of like not keeping your promises because flowers on a fruit tree mean that they, they promise that fruit. fruit is going to come. Yeah. yeah. Um, also play on words. Uh, for instance, ice plant means your looks freeze me. What's Hilarious. Up? Yeah. I think about that all the time. Now. Ice to meet you, bro. Yeah, ice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> the name of a floss that we have in our Etsy shop. Yeah, right. Um, and mythology. So um, Iris, uh, the plant means a message is coming or is here. And Iris is also the Greek goddess of rainbows and the bearer of messages from the gods. Yeah. yeah. So these meanings, they're not... Um, related to those in the Japanese art of Hanakatoba, which is another form of floriography. We're mostly talking about Western floriography here. Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. That's going to be like profoundly different. Like what the, what the French do and what the English do, real similar. But yeah, you know, that's also because they're separated by like a lake. A really big lake. Yeah, they've been they've been they've been messing with each other for like a long ass time. It, it ain't that big no more. 
<laughs> so for our suggested reading, I have found a copy of The Sentiment of Flowers or The Language of Flora by Robert Tias. Tias? I don't know. T-Y-A-S. Um, and this is the um, English version of that floriography book. The French it's one. actually much longer and in depth than I was expecting when I first found it. Sure. Um, so it contains illustrated plates and scientific names. So you can actually like really accurately tell what kind of flower it is. Uh, it also has common names. Some of those are not the same as we would call them Oh, today. absolute bonkers. And yeah. some of them are also a bit racist. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And they also have generally Europeans. short paragraphs about why the flower was chosen for its meaning. Yeah. And in particular, I counted like eight or nine species of rose that they talk about. They're really into roses. Oh. Um, so that will be the suggested reading for this particular Sabbath. So um, this book I found uh, for free in the Cornell Library. You will find a link to that in the description below if you're watching on YouTube and in the show notes, if you're listening on the podcast. Yeah. Um, although you might just be able to Google Cornell Library Sentiment of Flowers and that might pull it up yeah. automatically. Um, but I highly recommend that you take a look at it because it can certainly be a supplement to the magical correspondences if you're looking for correspondences um, or just an interesting thing to um, yeah, take a look at into like flowers and bouquets and stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and really um, let this be your challenge to sort of make flowers a part of your magical practice yeah. because flowers aren't just for like, they're not just for bouquets anymore. They're not just for eating. Uh, they are also not just for eating. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's also But you that. could arrange a magical salad of flowers. You absolutely could. So what's up with that, man? Yeah, you absolutely could. And this would be a great time for it. And if you're looking at planting a garden or growing something, this may help to inspire you there. Yeah, so, like uh, plant the flowers that bring the thing that you want, like yeah. to manifest the thing that you want in your like garden life or what have you yeah yeah you know? so totally, tell totally. us we would love to hear what your favorite thing was from the sentiment of flowers reading um obviously when i mean reading you don't have to read this thing cover to cover i just kind of like Skip. moved through the whole yeah. thing um and i would go to the plate and try and guess what plant it was Ooh, from the plate yeah it was pretty yeah. fun so sometimes scientific plates from back in the day like bananas accurate sometimes just as accurate as as every single painting of a dog from back in the day these motherfuckers never seen a dog so yeah <laughs> or, inaccurate or dogs had significantly different faces in <laughs> yeah or times. dogs had human faces a way more threatening thing to hear about so you yeah. do you bro yeah so let us know um what it is that you um saw from from the book that you liked yeah, if there's I would anything love to that know you what incorporated is uh is connected Ooh, to i definitely saw it and now i don't remember yeah because thistle's like best flower it's a real pretty flower yeah. and also a weapon it is also a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely had, I've definitely had, uh, well, they got like thick stalks, like during, during the, like, like right before they're like fully dried out. Cause they get brittle when they fully dry out right before they fully dry out. You just go out and you clip them. Thistle fights. I'm going to opt out of that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a child boy. So thistle <laughs> fights, definitely a thing. Right. <laughs> But um, there's a whole bunch of interesting meanings that you can find in there. It's pretty interesting to take a look at. And so you have a lot of different ways that you can kind of use that. And it's a great place to go for some correspondences for something or just for a laugh. 
So um, yeah, tell us what it is that you liked from that. Yeah. And what's your favorite flower? Yeah. What's your favorite flower? Mine is jasmine. Jasmine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's definitely a thistle. I know. Yeah. yeah. Purple and green and a weapon. But I like a lot of other flowers too. Like I also really like roses. I really like calla lilies. I'm very into plumeria. Mm. Mm. I generally kind of like the less flower bouquets. Mm. The ones that just got like leaves and sticks and shit. Um, Cause I like greenery, you know? So I like- Oh, wisteria is like another favorite ivy. of mine. Oh, wisteria is beautiful, yeah. Yeah. You'll have to look yeah. up like all the flowers that we have planted, you know, oh, because yeah. we've got uh, wisteria plants and we have that. Um, um, what is that? Peach? Is it a peach? It's tree? a peach. Yes. Yeah, peach tree. I don't know. Whatever. All all of those peach nectarine. All that shit is like the same fruit in my head. Well, a nectarine Plum. is just a peach that doesn't have the fuzz. And that's yeah. because Luther Burbank bred them away from that because he didn't like the fuzz. Some people, it my irritates, favorite some thing. people, it irritates their, uh, their like face, their like lips or their mouth or whatever. I prefer so nectarines anyway. Peaches. Really? I actually prefer peaches over nectarines. And I feel like peaches are just like, peaches are one of those things that are just like not as popular anymore. Um, I feel like, a, I feel like a nectarine is just like a hotter fruit. I feel like it's a way hotter fruit, bro. Um, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I'm very into nectarines, very into nectarines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, Not I as love, much into a, peaches. I love a good peach. But again, it's got to be like, like a little bit before it's all the way ripe. I don't want none of that smushy ass peach shit. Oh no. I want a juicy peach. No, I don't want, yeah. I don't want that. It not should be so... like, it should have like a, like almost an apple like snap. It should be like a bit tough. That's not okay. Yeah. It's That's just the okay. way that I eat. I, oh, I prefer things like a little under ripe. Okay you know how I eat my bananas? They're you like prefer your bananas so unripe that by the time we buy bananas and get them home, they are not they are not unripe enough for you. Sometimes, yeah. More than sometimes. Yeah. And as soon as it gets outside of the stage of ripeness that I'm willing to eat, then that shit is forgot about until it becomes banana bread or chicken food. Yeah. Yeah. So because every time I will not every time we buy banana bananas. So gross. Yeah, every time we buy bananas, I end up having to eat them Most because, of them, yeah. no, m all of them. The last three times we bought bananas, you have not eaten any of That's them. Fair. That's fair. Um, and I like bananas. They're fine, but. Um, <laughs> they're fine. Don't worry. They're fine. I mean, that's how I feel about bananas. I like them. They're fine. Um <laughs> I have lots of feelings about bananas. Yeah. No, it's I, mostly it's that they're fine. It's mostly <laughs> that they're fine. Unless they're a banana flavored thing, in which case, not fine. That's reasonable. Yeah. 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 Uh, banana bread being the only um, caveat there. And generally, that's a love-hate relationship. Um, and I only eat bread. it from people that I truly love and trust. Oh, I fucking love <laughs> banana bread so much. Yeah. No. Yeah, I put a bunch of shit in it too. I make my my banana bread is like ninety percent fruitcake, man. Yeah, I know. I just like jam a bunch of crap in there. So yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so because flowers are generally thought of as more of a decoration than a like component, we have some ways that you can work with flower magic yourself. So as we've said, you can use correspondences or floriography to incorporate flowers into your practice. Yep. Uh, and you can do that in a variety of ways. So you can, you know, if you're wanting to do a spell, you can look and see what flowers would help that. Um, or if you want to make a salad of flowers, 
now you're making magical foods. Food magic. Food magic. Food magic. Um, you can also like plant flowers, yeah. you know, that you have that you yeah. want to grow, yeah. that sort you of thing. You can dry them and then use them as like a dry bouquet in like on your altar space. Yep. Um, I have dried flowers and then like gently taken all of the petals off of it. Yeah. And then kept the petals as like a as like a like a potpourri, I guess. Yeah. Right. Like in my altar space. In fact, um, I have a little uh, like wood sake box, like, a you know, like little wooden cubes that you drink sake out of. I have one of those full of uh, like very, very, very dark red, nearly black rose petals. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. You can also use flowers as offerings themselves, um, either in like a vase somewhere or dried like yeah. like you're like you're doing with yeah. the petals um, or any sort of variety of ways. And um, most deities will accept these as offerings. It's not like it has to be just a fl- it's, not, it's not like it has to be just Persephone or just oh, a sure, flower. Totally. Deity. Oh, sure. Totally, totally. Um, well, because I mean, you got to think if a flower's got like a use then you're offering them a useful thing like what's the difference between offering them like a food or like a stuff but also like what if the flower is a color associated with this person or like what if it's a flower that you like went out of your way to buy or grow for this person or, or for, that for you thought was or that you, or that you were just cool. like walking through the grocery store past the floral department and were like thor would like those flowers and yeah. you get those flowers for thor like Everybody can have and enjoy flowers. It's not like just a girl thing. I, like I know that that's an absurd thing to have to say, but it's pretty culturally. Oh, embedded. you got to say like a bunch of shit these days because people are stupid. So like, yeah, like everybody enjoys flowers. Everybody can like flowers like, you know, it's yeah. the thought that counts. Remember that one? Yeah. So you can also use flowers to connect with a deity because they um, like a certain flower more or your ancestors. Like my grandmother had a very particular flower that she loved to grow. And um, so that's a way that I could get closer to her spirit. Um, You know, so you've got that also that you can kind of do in addition to that. You can also look at arranging a bouquet of flowers as a devotional or a meditative act. That's something that I've actually been doing a lot. Yeah. In the last couple of years, as I have been, I used to always be this kind of person that was like, ah, I don't want flowers. They die. Yes, everything dies. Everything. Yes, yes. But over time, (laughs) I've realized that that's kind of like not really a great reason to not have something that I enjoy in my life. Yeah. Plus, it's not I mean, like. They're not it's not that expensive of a hobby in the grand scheme. Of it's really not. Hey, you know what's um, a way more expensive hobby? Plants. <laughs> Ask not wrong. her. Yeah. Because she has to support my plant addiction. It's a lot. It's um, so many yeah. plants. It's so many plants. Yeah. We, um, we just went to go get like dinner and beer tonight and I bought a plant. I, I, it's, he I tried cannot, to buy several I almost plants. bought three. Because I, I wanted three and she limited me to one. I told him so, he could get one. So, um, sad yeah. marriage. But you can also, <laughs> it's not, um, but you can also use them as like a devotional or meditative act. So what I've, I am by no means any sort of professional level florist or fancy Instagram bouquets. But yeah. like when we go. Um, Flower wizard. Yeah. Like when we get a, uh, a bouquet of flowers, sometimes from the grocery store, sometimes locally, um, then yeah, local I will. Um, I'll just like spend a couple of hours and just like 
take my time and clean them and cut them and make them pretty and then put the bouquet in places. And well, sometimes and it's multiple because bouquets. because you're taking the time and like cleaning them and cutting them and like trimming it back and like, you know, making sure that the water is like the best kind of water or, you know, like putting whatever the stuff is that we put in the water um, to like keep them alive for longer and all this kind of stuff. Uh, like, I feel like the bouquets that we have last, like, or the flowers we have, like, in vase, last, like, a pretty bananas amount of time. They really do, actually. I'll tell you guys my secret, and that's when you get, so we often get flowers from the grocery store, and I know we should probably buy them from local places, and we do when we, we have the ability do to do that. local flowers, <laughs> like, literally every single week during the time when yeah. they're available. Yeah, but I usually buy two bouquets at a time unless we're getting them from our local person that has a CSA box because they give me one bouquet and that's fine. Yeah. But I'll, I will often buy two bouquets. So whenever yeah. you buy- If you buy, have a CSA box available in your area, check to see if they also do wildflowers because yeah. we get a bouquet of wildflowers with each one of our like CSA boxes every I mean, we week. and it is. for that. Oh yeah, we like but... them for it and stuff. <laughs> but like, it's awesome, dude. Because they're like yeah. local wildflowers, you know? So like it's really like, they're, honestly, they're so it's so much prettier than like the shit that you get at like the Safeway. Stuff. It they're really like big, is the big yeah. like box it really is. store flowers. And I like the standard flowers, but I love the I love the ingenuity almost yeah. of the like other bouquets, the and they have things yeah. that I wouldn't necessarily buy in a bouquet from the store. Sure, um, not because I don't like them, but just because I wouldn't think about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, so what I do is we'll often get bouquets from the store, and whenever we get the bouquets, you get those little like packets of the stuff. You know, the like stuff you put in the water. Oh yeah, they got like a powder packet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You yeah. could also pick those up from the floral department at the grocery store. Trust me, they definitely don't care. Um, if you, you know, if you need them, you can usually grab extras. Yeah, you can and... just like ask whoever's working the counter and just be like, hey, like this, this, like either like this bouquet doesn't have the packet of uh, juice, or like, hey, I'm splitting this between like two vases. Can I get like a like a bonus packet of juice? Yeah, yeah, you know? and uh, I don't know. Our grocery store just has them in like a bowl. Of the oh yeah, they're just like just whatever about them. them. Yeah. Um, so I use I use a packet of those, and it says the packet is good for one quart of water, which is four cups. So I get out a pyrex a pyrex measuring cup, and I do four cups of water, and then I put the packet in. And then we also have this liquid that's like a fertilizer. It's called Super Thrive. Also, we're not sponsored. By them, I just oh, happen yeah. to love. It's their just products. the one that we use. It's it's like a standard. I don't know how do you describe it. Like a one 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 fertilizer, a balanced fertilizer. Oh, I have no idea at all what it's like thing is. I, I'm pretty certain it's just like a one one one. Super, Super Thrive, Thrive is like used for everything. You can use it for your vegetable garden. You can use it for your seed starts. You can use it for your flowers. It's like a nice like middle of the road universal fertilizer. Yeah. And I keep like a I keep like a little like disposable dropper with it because then so I take my four cups of water with mm -hmm. the powder in it powder. Uh, and then I take four drops of Super Thrive, one drop for each cup and then put that in there yeah. and then I use that for however many vases that I'm using, yeah. which is sometimes one and sometimes four. Sometimes yeah. we have a lot of flowers, sometimes yeah. we don't well, have Well, and many. if you make your water and then and then cut up your flowers and start prepping your flowers. It'll give time for the water to sort of like um, degas. Yes, and that's right? exactly which what will I cause do. which will cause the chlorine to to uh, yeah. If there's obviously we can all drink tap water if you live in a place where you can drink tap water. Um, I know that we are dealing with some stuff in this country right now, but um, 
Uh, tap water has like a mild amount of chlorine in it. Um, so fresh to that, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that helps just like degas it and stuff. I can actually, I generally, I'm I must leave cups of water around crazy. And um, I, so my cup of water next to my laptop, I can taste the water tastes different in the oh, morning after yeah. it's been set out all night uh, because I like, didn't finish water. Yeah. My water or whatever. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you just like prep your water before you yeah, get so into the Yeah, so I prep the, the water first and I yeah. pour some of it, just like a little bit into the vase. Uh, and then I cut all the flowers so that they're pretty. I always take off any leaves that would be below the the line for the vase where you can see it. If it's like a clear vase, I make sure they're above the water line. But if you have a bunch of flower leaves in there, then they're like inducing moisture. And especially if they're underwater, they're going to start to mold and they're going to start to rot. And you really want to avoid yeah, that. Yeah, because then you're just making poison water. You yeah, like so then I arrange the flowers and then I pour the rest of the schmoo in. And then the very next day, I mix up another batch of just water and super thrive and then top it off because the plants are the flowers are always the most thirsty as soon as they get in there well yeah because they're like freshly cut yeah. yeah and then you can change the water every week if you like i usually forget and it just happens and the flowers usually i mean yeah. we have had flowers in the winter time we had carnations last like a like three months. Yeah, they were they lasted before. forever. They were like they were like super healthy, which was awesome. Which yeah, was awesome. and we have and, uh, some carnations it, and lilies you, right some, now some, that are like three weeks old. Yeah, and yeah. they're still popping. Some secrets for like vase stuff if you're gonna do that, um, like pond stones, like uh, like uh, like fish tank rocks make great like ballast to hold your flowers up. Yeah. You know, as well as to weigh down the bottom of your of your vessel. I mean, you just like pour them out and like rinse them uh, or those like I always think of them as Moncala beads, those like flattened glass. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, like, like little glass rock. things. Yeah. yeah. You can use those. Uh, we also got some like glow in the dark rocks. They're like plastic glow in the dark, like like they don't float they sink like put them in your fish tank with your neon tetras or whatever um so we like mix those with our moncala bead things yeah. I, I don't know what those regular beads are called but if you know what i'm talking about a moncala bead you know exactly what i'm talking about um but uh so you can always do that uh plus it helps like kind of hold them down and if you yeah. got like a wide vase um just get a piece of ribbon and just t like tie a little bow to hold all the flowers together so they're not after like, you've put them in like the after you put them in there and yeah. whatever yeah that super helps yeah, yeah. And if a flower starts to like lilies and tulips like lose their petals like pretty quickly generally, I usually remove the stem associated with it. Oh yeah, 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 it. yeah. If it if it's like dead, take yeah. it out. Take it out to preserve the ones that aren't dead because it's going to essentially like start uh like rotting. Yeah. You know, molding also, or whatever. Also, and the last the tip I have is it's best if you put the flower bouquet or the vase in a cooler part of the room. So we know that bouquets in our bathroom, which is the coolest room in the house, last the longest. Yeah. And in the kitchen, they sit on the windowsill over by where we have like a bay window. It gets kind of cold there uh, because if they're in a warmer location, they're going to basically go through their whole life cycle a little bit faster. Yeah. So definitely. those are and my tips. When you're, when you're selecting flowers from the store, um, try and select bouquets that are the least open where the flowers are the least open. Yeah. Right. Um, and the reason why is, is because they're going to last longer, right? If the flowers like all the way open, 
then it's already it's already most of the way there. Yeah. You know, but if it's like most of the way closed, you know, like generally when we get flowers, we'll get like the bouquet that has like most of the flowers are still closed and there's only like a few open. So that way, by the time like they're all open, it's been, you know, sometimes like upwards of a week before they all open. And so like you're getting a bonus week of flower like Mm -hmm. in your thing or whatever. Um, And, you know, there's always like the seasonal like, you know, the benefit of like going to like the box store for flowers is that you kind of have your sort of like seasonally themed flowers, you know? Yeah. Red, white, and blue stuff during uh, 4th of July and like orange and black and dark red stuff during Halloween. And, yeah. you know, like now is like light colors and like pinks and pastels. And it's all like Easter that. colors. Easter yeah. colors, yeah. Um, you so. know, the one other tip that I have, I lied, bonus tip, um, is be careful of baby's breath. Uh, and that's because baby's breath is named that because of its particularly gross scent. And most of the time when you're getting a bouquet of baby's breath from the store nowadays, they are scentless. Um, so you don't really get that, but there is. Oh this- yeah. Baby's breath can, be it's, not it can be gross. Smelling. Yeah. Yes. So like a couple of years ago in the before times, I wanted a like I thought of it as a 1980s prom themed bouquet. Yes. I wanted pink carnations and white baby's breath. So, 1980s prom. Bold, bold strategy. It kind. was what I wanted. Yeah. Um. So I got these flowers from the store and I had them at my desk um, at the time. And I was like man, why does it smell like pee over here? And I was like smelling my jacket and I was like, did one of the dogs like pee on this or something? Like, it's not me. I it's, like, it's like musky and like kind of gross. Like a little pukey and a little urine-y. Um, And then I realized it was the flowers. Yeah, it was you the baby's real close breath. To flowers and you're like, mm, no. Yeah, that's exactly what it flowers. is. So if you get baby's breath, smell them at the store before you bring them home. Say that should be the rule with all flowers. You never know what you're gonna not like. That's you know? true. That's you true. might be like, this is a real pretty flower, and then you put your nose near this flower and you smell it, and you're like, this is not for me. Yeah, just be careful of baby's breath because I had known that that was why you called it baby's breath, but it's so rare to find scented baby's breath somewhere that you're just like, why would they do this? Sure, sure, <laughs> Especially because they like often get dyed into a bunch of pretty colors and yeah. it can be really easy to be like, I want all of this really ethereal bouquet. Yeah. And then you get it home. And, and it you can also like dye your own flowers if you're uh, feeling particularly randy. You can just put a little bit of food coloring in yeah. there with your light colored flowers. Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah. So we've done that. We've even done the like uh, where you like we did an experiment last summer where we like split a rose stem into like quarters oh, and, and put it in in into uh, into different shot glasses to like so that way it like it becomes like a multicolor. It was very cool. There's yeah. a ton of work. But it was very cool. Not an all the time craft, but it was fun to do. It was fun to do. Yeah, yeah certainly. Certainly. Yeah. So um, you can also visit a field of wildflowers um, and just hang out and be in nature or meditate, do a ritual, kind of whatever you want there. Sure, um, you can oftentimes in the spring find um, lists and a lot of times even from like local news sites that will tell you like where's a great place to see wildflowers in your area. So that is a really good way to do it. Also, um, you know, like a lot of parks have that. So keep an eye out for like posts on social media from parks near you or, you know, maybe go to a larger one. Like I know national like the National Park Service, like the you know national parks, 
they do like a list of places you can see wildflowers every year and it's sure, like from a bunch of different states and stuff yeah. so you can find that sort of thing too um we're definitely going to do that um you can also plant flowers and tend to them as a devotional act the flowers themselves don't have to be inherently magical or adding adding meaning and correspondences it can be just something that you really like yeah um but if you want to add that to get the extra boof boof the extra oomph the extra boon you can that's both words boof you're welcome a boof a boof Boofalo. yeah um and if you are not a person who wants to keep regular like uh <laughs> regular flowers alive flowers alive, alive. Yeah. Um, or you have like a what flower allergy whatever yeah that is. like an allergy to it yeah. or you just pollen pollen allergy yeah That's what you, you can't really afford it or you just don't feel like it yeah. You don't want the work. Purchase artificial flowers. Um, if um, if you can't make your own, store-bought is fine. Yeah. It's okay. We have a variety of of fresh and dried and also artificial flowers here. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's definitely an okay. You can also do kitchen witchery with edible flowers. So um, rose, um, any flowers coming from herbs, like rosemary flowers, are particularly fantastic. Yeah. What are the flowers that we get on those bulbs? Um, bloody. Uh, let me get them from the CSA box. The they're like little the yellow, like little yellow flowers. Um, I have literally fennel? no. Is it oh, fennel flowers? Fennel. Yes. Fennel flowers. Yeah, that's okay. I was, I was like, I have, I was. Flowers I on not, a bulb. Yeah, there. That makes sense now. Now yeah. that I know. Yeah, fennel um, flowers. Uh, borage is also an edible flower. And so are pansies and violas. Uh, there's a bunch of other edible flowers. Please, yeah. before if, if you're, you... If you're going to eat flowers, get edible grade flowers. Yes. Do not buy flowers from the like florist in the grocery store and eat them. Because to keep the flowers bright and pretty and of like bold color, we often use chemicals to like help the flowers along for lack of as well words. as chemicals to discourage bugs from eating or to them. discourage bugs yeah also so. sometimes you get flowers from the grocery store and they have been spray painted to be a color yeah um a horrifying thing that i don't quite understand um so yes if you're going to get edible if you want to eat flowers make sure that they are being grown in a way that is safe yeah. make sure that if, you, the if you go to your local florist and just ask about flu food grade flowers and they will point you in the right direction. Yeah. There's like, there's essentially a source like everywhere for that. Yeah. But you just, you ca you have to like take the extra step. Yeah. You can you also know? buy food grade flowers online, oh, dried totally. of course. Um, and a surprising amount of flowers, um, that you use as like herbs and spices or, or a, lot, a surprising amount of herbs and spices are actually flower buds. So, um, you may have flowers that you're eating and don't even realize it. Yeah. Uh, but definitely make sure that the flowers are safe for you to eat both is the flower poisonous and also has it been treated with anything that you need to be aware of. Yeah. 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 Uh, of course, uh, as we said, you can dry bouquets of flowers and use them as decor or offerings or whatever you like. Every once in a while, I refresh my Aphrodite altar with particularly nice dried flowers and she appreciates that. And when they sort of lose their luster, I get rid of them. Yeah. Um, and you can do everything from hanging flowers for drying them and preserving them. Uh, just like hang it upside down with a bit of twine. That's what we do for most of that. Uh, you can also press it in a book. Uh, put put some barrier down so you don't ruin your book. Yes. Uh, you can also buy flower presses, um, both like the wooden screw kind. And I have this 
like invention from the 70s that I bought online um, that like you microwave to dry and press the flowers. And I know that that sounds bananas, but it works. It's super wild. And, and it, it is totally and, works. And, and I mean, fun. in like in like a day, I can I can I can like dry and press a ton of flowers and it like preserves the color a little bit better because you're kind of rapidly drying and pressing yeah. them. Um, it's super cool. Yeah, it really it's super is. Cool. It's very fun. You know? Yeah. Um, you could also use flowers as spell components, uh, particularly spell jars is a great way to do flowers sure. there. Um, and you can use flowers for color magic. So if you want to bring more creativity into your day, get some orange flowers. Yeah. Because orange is for creativity. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, you can also make a flower crown. Of course, my favorite. Um, enchant it and wear it for extra boof extra boof extra boof um you can also steep flowers in hot water or alcohol as a boost to your offerings again make sure that they are safe for you to eat and do not contain any harmful chemicals sure of course yeah um and there are certain liquors that are actually flower essences so that's not a very yeah what's um What's the uh, what's the one that we have is uh, Saint Germain Saint is Germain. elderflower liqueur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can get a lot of that stuff. Also, technically, IPAs are flowery alcohols because hops are the cones, the flower of the plant. Yes. So, yeah. Every time you're drinking an IPA, you're doing a little bit of hop magic. Doing a little bit of flower magic. And hop is hops are abundance. They're associated with abundance and with relaxation yeah. and sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can also add edible flowers to sugar or syrup. Um, and in particular, not only is that delicious, yeah. but you can use them Lavender in drawing syrup. spells. Yeah, um, because um, sugar and sweet things like that in spell work is usually used to draw things towards you sure. or to um, sweeten like someone's <laughs> disposition towards you yeah. again do that magic ethically um but that's a way that you can do it too i have found that the best way to do this for sugar or syrup is to do this with dried instead of fresh sure um, yeah, of because course. with fresh you always run the run the risk of rot yeah well you're introducing a fair amount of moisture you'd be surprised how much liquid is in like a flower petal yeah yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, even if it's not even like the whole bud and it's just the petals, like there's a, a surprising amount of liquid in there. Yeah, exactly. You know, as well as you can use. I see that this isn't on the list, but um, you can use flowers as like for like scent magic. If you're in a oh, place where you can't yeah. present, like where you can't be like, ah, like, like, first of all, if you're like, uh, like, oh, you can't do like a corsage or something like that because of like work appropriate nonsense or what have you. Um. But also, like, if there's not like a like a sort of easy way for you to kind of bring those flowers with you everywhere or like you're not like, you know, you don't have the thing to press them or whatever. You could always get a like flower scent extract and then put that into yeah. your like whatever or, or an essential oil. They make these little lockets that have like a felt pad that you can. Oh, those like aromatherapy yeah. lockets. Yeah, totally. I mean, you could just put like a drop of that on there and then you're always carrying lavender with you for lavender magic or, or you know, germane yeah. or whatever. No, elderflower. Saint Germain. No, that's elderflower liqueur. Regular. 
a little bit of elderflower liqueur in your fucking sin locker. I mean, you probably could. It's got a lot of sugar. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. But you could. You You could. could. Uh, So for correspondences this time around, we (laughs) have a list of- Like a 21-year-old single malt scotch, just like a boop. There you go. You're good to go. Peat magic. I guess that works. Um, it does work. You're welcome. Yeah. So Science. I rounded up 10 of what I decided were some of the most common flowers that you could find. Um, that, I've never heard of any of these flowers. I'm sure you have. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, that you can use in flower magic. Uh, so carnations, very popular flower, easy to find. Continent only cars. No. Carnation. No. Um, and carnation. <laughs> That's hilarious. You can... No. <laughs> I regret it all. Yeah. It's too good. Mm. No, I'm not going to do it. So carnations are about protection and healing, perspective, longevity. They help to enhance magical powers and achieve balance. There's chamomile. You can find this, of course, to grow. You can sometimes find fresh chamomile, but definitely you're going to find dried chamomile, uh, usually in the spice section or in the like um, in the teas section of the store. Yeah. And chamomile you can use for love and luck, harmony, reducing stress, removing hexes. And you can also add to any spell to increase that spell's chances of success. Makes sense. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite ways to use chamomile. Uh, Daisy, similar to chamomile, not quite the same thing, but a a very common flower. Nope, but a very common flower. Yes, (laughs) it is a duck, Daisy duck. I'm also gonna say no. Um, Daisies are associated with love and purification and innocence and wealth. Yep. Uh, Next up is dandelions. Dandelions are used for divination. Although they changed his name in the show. I'm gonna- Which is unfortunate because dandelion, great name. At this point, I have to say nope because that's where. But I, you know, but you know, I'm right. But I know you're right. Yeah. I have to say nope. I'm contractually obligated. <laughs> um, Fulfill the terms of your contract. Yeah, dandelions are associated with um, divination and luck, summoning spirits, um, defeating negativity, and of course, helping wishes come true. Mm. Uh, there's lavender, so that you can work some lavender magic. Lavender's great for clarity. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what that means. Lavender magic sounds. Well, that's what you sounds said. Sounds like it's doing some thing. Oh, maybe that, I did that. You said lavender magic. Listen, if it happened more than like thirty seconds ago, I'm that wasn't I wasn't part of that. Nope. That's not how that works in my nope. brain. Nope. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Nope. Don't form memories. Um. So clarity and love and calming and healing and sleep and peace. And it also helps to alleviate depression, both um, aromatherapy as well as from like an herbalism healing type of a thing. Yeah. Uh, then there's lilies. Uh, any type of lily, really. Those are for fertility, beauty, renewal, rebirth, because they are often coming out at, around springtime, um, as well as safe travel hmm. and marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got orchid. Um, those fla- The flowers themselves, not always easy to find, but every single grocery store you walk into will have orchids for sale. I don't know why. They just do. It's because... You know what? I feel like the hype on orchids is that we all lived through the 90s and they were like real fancy in the 90s. Yeah. Or maybe it was the 80s. I don't know what it was, but I can feel like there was like a period of time when orchids were like only for like the poshest. Right. Um, And so now everybody's just like on the orchid train and orchids are just a fucking nightmare to keep alive. And uh, some of them are edible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, orchids are weird, dude. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah they are. Orchids are for beauty and love and elegance, strengthening memory, um, pleasure, willpower, and wealth. Uh, pansies, which are like closely no (laughs) which are closely related to violets um are for love and rain magic and calming stop it with the pansies stop it with all this rain magic yeah i'm gonna cut it down you know what i got to say to go into the store with a pair of shears none of these pansies guys it's too wet out there nope Nope. Nope. Uh, (laughs) Of course, rose, because that one is pretty much everywhere. Roses are for abundance and love, emotional healing, domestic happiness, and for lasting relationships. Uh, And lastly, sunflower for good health, vitality, protection, and truth. Yeah. And there are some more things that these are that these correspondences are associated with. Those will be found on the Book of Shadows page. Yeah. Yeah. For this episode, once you get caught up there. Yes. Well, yes. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. When when we get caught up, it'll yeah. be there. But it'll be there. Don't worry. Yeah. And of course, if you have any questions about correspondences, I am more than happy to help answer those yeah. uh, because I have a. Well, and the reading, the reading list. assignment for this one, uh, the uh, the sentiment of flowers um, or the language of flora um, is uh a pretty, like I imagine, like a pretty A1 steak sauce source for um, flour. It is a stuff. great place to use for correspondences. Yeah. Although not all of the correspondences really go towards like generally accepted magical correspondences. Because ah, this is all trying to like court ladies in the 1600s yes. or whatever the heck. Yes. Yes. Ah, yeah. So I, the way that I take, look take at it, it, take it with is, a take it with a spoonful of salt. Yeah. Take it with a spoonful of of um ghost exorcism juice. Yeah. Um <laughs> those ghosts out of your blood. Yeah. So the way that I look at that look at that is just kind of pick and choose what you want out of it. You know, um there are like there like for instance in the book, um I know I said there's like eight different types of roses, but like not only is there like a bunch of different types of roses, but like also there's a difference between fully open roses and rose buds and some of the meanings are a little wonky. So yeah. some of that stuff you can leave and some of that stuff you can take. It's just kind of up to you and your practice. And how you want to practice um, that sort of thing. But I generally don't consider all of those meanings strictly magical correspondences. Oh, sure. Certainly, certainly, certainly. Those are like courting in the 1600s correspondences. And then if you need some magical help, just, you know, shoot us a message. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's uh, flowers. And such floriography floriography no yes nope uh next up pub chat next time we're doing a pub chat so uh not this time but next time pub chat yeah next episode is pub chat next episode is pub chat so stay tuned for that those are always fun um that's where i pose a question and then we talk about that question yeah uh, unresearched and unscripted and uh, generally that question is based on some nonsense that we saw online or that somebody sent us a question and it's just a chance to sort of like hang out and chat, you know, and they're like a shorter form thing. So uh, keep up with that uh, or check that out when that comes. And um, yeah, so that's what's up next. Uh, Speaking of like getting the full list of correspondences and the book of shadows pages, um, those are all available on our Patreon 
Yep. So we have a Patreon. You can check that out and support us there. Uh, we'll give a quick shout out to our patrons, uh, Alan, uh, Miranda, Helena, Alexa, and Somewhere. Thank you very much. You guys are the best. Stay awesome, y'all. Thank you for helping us do yeah. what we do you keep, better uh, every you, you, time. You, uh, you, you keep us inspired to do better every time. We're, we're working on light, more lights and more everything. It's always always changing it's an ever-changing field yeah. of nonsense Jesus. and resources <laughs> and resources to do yeah. the research yeah yeah definitely definitely so uh thank you patrons and uh you know if you'd like to support us that's the best way to do that is over on uh patreon um and of course you can always like check out like our you know follow us on social media and check out our etsy shop and all that stuff. all the links for that stuff is going to be yep. below so don't worry about that stuff um so uh I think that's it. I think that's um I think that's everything. Nope. Yeah. No, I just had to say it one more time. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I mean listen, we this 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 podcast can be longer if it needed to be, but you don't want that, trust me. You don't want that. Because it's mostly just gonna be weird bits. Um, all weird bits. But yeah, so this has been uh Ostara 103 uh flower magic, floriography, um, Florioscope. But uh, yeah, either way, I've been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn. And Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. And we will catch you guys next time. Stay magical, folks. Yeah, and don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt. <laughs>